0: Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And to tell you a little more about this wonderful studio is the owner and the producer of the show, my friend Joe Gangemi. What's up, Joe? Hey, Coop. Thank you, and Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, Yes, so here at Sweet Recording, we help brands, businesses, and organizations with their content. Uh, We can help you to launch a podcast, set up a YouTube channel, and then leverage that content on social media to really reach your target audience in a unique way. So we do a lot of things like mobile recording as well, live streaming and even studio building. So if you're interested in learning more, you can contact us anytime at hello at sweetrecording.com or visit us on the web at sweetrecording.com. That's S-U-I-T-E. Take it away, Coop. You know, it's funny, every time I send Joe an email, I say, Hey Joe. And I always say, oh, and I want to say, what are you doing with that gun in your hand? And for you young people, that's a Jimi Hendrix reference. But I always think that when I put hey Joe. But we have a great show today. You know, I've met these people all in different ways, and they're all they're all great at what they do. And they get out there to network, and they're just good people, and that's why they're here and are our first guest. From Felcher, Horowitz Public Relations, it's Hope Horowitz. How you doing, Hope?
1: I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm
0: good. Thank you. And then from Combined, a Chub company, Julia George. How you doing, Julia?
1: I'm good.
0: And finally, my buddy from Jamloop, Mr. Mitch Klein. What's up, Mitch?
2: Well, hi, everyone. Uh, thank you, Coop. Really happy to be on board with this one. Appreciate right. it. So, Hope, tell us a little about your company. Okay. Uh, Felter
1: Horowitz Public Relations is a family-owned public relations boutique agency. Um, We work with our clients to find or create their newsworthy stories. We look at what their mission is, their goals as their goals change, and who their players are, who their teammates are, um, and as they change. And then we find the story and we pitch it to the press. We've got fabulous relationships with reporters and we know how to build relationships with reporters across the country and news directors and producers. And we work with them to give them the content they need or the content. They didn't know they needed based off of, off of what our clients needs are.
0: Okay. looks cool. How about you, Julia? Tell me about what you do.
3: Yeah. So I'm the territory sales director for Combined. We're a Chubb company. So we deal with insurance. Um, we specialize in employee benefits. So uh, my job is to create strategies for companies to help employees enroll in their benefits and understand them as a whole package. And then we provide some lines of insurance to them as well. And, you know, we're doing a lot with Spanish companies, Russian companies, Vietnamese people who need um, multiple languages and stuff like that. So I've been doing this 18 years.
0: Okay. And how about you, Mitch? Tell us about Jam Loop. I love that term, Jam Loop. I
2: I definitely love that. I definitely love that term. In fact, the owner of the company founder, its birthday today. So it's kind of funny. Uh, timing wise, but jam loop is real simply an ad tech platform and we help advertisers reach the streaming TV audiences. So those are the people that no longer have cable or cut, you know, have a hybrid little cable, little streaming, but we're able to reach a very precise audience. I think like hope says we're a boutique company, which gives us a really good handle on our clients and it's a hands-on process, but really this is new TV and it's uh inexpensive, it's targeted advertising, and it's, you know, I think to Hope's uh, point, we try and find people that don't know they need this kind of advertising, and then uh, we sell it to them and talk to them and take them every step of the way. But that's what we do with the jam. Okay.
0: You know, when, when I moved back from LA, uh it was great to start over i mean i'm from the area and i i met so many different business people but in la you basically you meet entertainment people and you meet people at bars because that's all you do you go to entertainment you go to bars but everyone has a story and i want to know how you got to the position we're going to start with you julia how did you get to the position that you have today what was the steps that got you to your title and what you're doing well i moved out on
3: my 17th birthday yeah. and I, my family wasn't like, like a cult. <laughs> so I grew up in Philadelphia. I moved here when I was 18 and, um, had multiple jobs and always was working like crazy. And someone taught me in 2005 what an insurance policy was and how you could make money. So I worked my way up from the ground up. I had no car. I was going through a divorce and I started my own company and um we did over a million in sales in year 2 so like i wow. you know really did it from the ground up um by myself i did have the help of a few mentors Um, And then every position I had, I kind of leveraged it to get where I want to be. And, um, you know, I took this executive role in April instead of I owned my own company for 15 years. So I decided that what I wanted to do is mass produce my agency model, and which is why I came here to teach other people how to do it now.
0: That's awesome. That's cool. That's a great story. How about you, Mitch? How how did you get to Jam Loop?
2: Um, Well, yeah, you know, I spent uh, nearly thirty years, actually a little over thirty years, on the TV side of, of TV sales, advertising sales. So I worked with CBS TV for twenty-one years, plus other media companies, New York City and Philadelphia. And then uh, you know things happened, and and I found myself uh, out of a job, looking for a new job. And uh, in the interim, I worked at uh, Canals uh, Discount Liquors because I'm a craft beer guy, so I was able to enjoy that experience. And then I really learned about uh, digital advertising OTT and uh, CTV connected TV advertising just was an extension of what I've been doing literally half my life and I uh, got real lucky and ended up at Jamloop. Okay.
0: How about you, Hope? How'd you, how'd you get, I know, how'd you get into this?
1: Uh, well, the apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree. So Julia, you left at 17. I've never left. Um, my mother started this business when <laughs> I was 10. I joined her when my ten-year-old was born. Um, this is kind of in my blood, and I don't mean that because of my bloodline. This is all I know. This is the way my brain works. Um, when I'm when I'm planning an event, I'm constantly thinking about publicity. When I was an event planner, um, how I landed. So so, PR has been instilled in me. I've gone to her work when school's been out. How I landed here in this office um, was an accident. I, My uh, husband lost his job. My daughter just came out of the NICU for the easiest case you can ask for. Um, and my mother was getting rid of someone. And it was like, you know what? The time is right. And that was 10 years ago. And from there, I've worked with her to grow the business. I'm excited for 2024 and where we're gonna take this and just, I was raised in PR.
0: That's great, you know, now, now talking to you and all, cause you have a good track record, all of you. And in and a day and age, you know, when you read, people always tell you how good they are. You ever notice that like, people will say, oh, I'm great and they suck. I mean, it's just, you'll sit some go, oh, I'm a <laughs> great salesperson I'm a, and they suck. But for you guys, I'm gonna start with you, Mitch. What makes you good? at what you do. I mean, when you look in yourself and say, you know, what makes me good at this, believe it or not, I listen to people. My wife always yells at me. She goes, you never listen to me, but you listen to your guests. I go, well, it's just, you know, cause they're more interesting. And then I sleep on the couch, but no, Mitch,
2: what makes you good at what you do? Um, I try not to talk a lot. I try and listen an awful lot. And then in the end, I just want, uh, for people to be successful. So it, it's about, me but it's really about them and i think caring about people investing in in their lives caring <clears> about <throat> their families and their kids and just making that real close connection makes me want to work with people and and they want to work with me so it's really about relationships and not to drop an f-bomb i won't but it's about giving a shit about the people you work with they're not just a number they're not just an account, but it's an actual person. And on top of that, I never wanted to sound like a uh, used car salesman. I never wanted to sound like I was selling snake oil. So that's not who I am. Uh, and I just try and take my enthusiasm and, and, and bring that into the process. How about you, Hope? What makes you good at what you do?
1: So it's 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 actually a lot of the same things. Um, I'll start, though, with. How creative uh, I am, and we are. You know, we really have to look at what is newsworthy and what my client does and what the reporter actually wants. And what the reporter wants and what your client wants are never the same thing. Um, so it, it is about building relationships, Mitch, for me as well. So the reporters have to know that. They can trust me that I'm going to give them what they need, that if I can connect them to what they need, but it's not from my client, I'm 100% going to do that because I need the reporters to get uh, their stories written and to be a resource for them. For my clients, it is a lot of listening and team building. So we are consultants, but we like to join our clients' staff meetings or marketing meetings, however they're... Uh, made up however their departments work in in their space. Uh, we have to be a part of their team. We don't want to just be on the peripheral. We want to be there when they're starting new with new ideas. And then we work the PR into it for them.
0: Okay. How about you, Julia? What makes you good at what you do? Because you just came to a new position. As you said, you you it's a new person. But what makes you good? Like what why did that company want you there? What makes you good?
3: Well <clears throat> For me, I am very confident in what I do because I have failed. So, you know, I think that really building something from the ground up with your own bare hands kind of gives you this sense of like, nothing is too much for me. You know, I'm working on, for instance, a case right now in a thousand locations. I'm intimidated by it because I've done that before. I know it can be done and I know it can be done right Um, You know, everyone that knows me knows I have clinical OCD. So I'm just very like, I'm the kind of person that'll know when there's a spelling error, when there's an issue, like I'm very dedicated to what I do. I love my job inside and out. It gives me joy. So like, I think that that's just kind of contagious and for my team and for the people that I work with, because we do a lot of recruiting, teaching people the industry, the ins and outs. Um, But for me, I would say confidence because of what I've been through in 18 years, you've seen the business ebb and flow, you've seen progress, you've seen it go backwards, you've seen things fail, you know, and through that, I'm to a point where I'm very professional, very good at my job, I know what to do. I'm not sweating bullets every five seconds like I used to be, you know, like reading everything before a meeting. Um, so I just think that that level is where I'm
0: at, you know? Okay, so you're all good at what you, you do, okay? And, and I'm good at what I do, but I have weaknesses. I, I My thing is I procrastinate. You know, I'm, I I woke up the other night, at this movie for a screen, I had an idea for a great screenplay. And I should have sat down and started writing it. But I'm like, ah, I put it on my Samsung notes and I won't even see it because I procrastinate. I put so much shit off, it's what I do. What is the weakness? We'll start with you, we'll Start with you, Julia, because, you know, we know you're strange and, and you, you have the confidence. What is the weakness that you have that you need to work on? Because we all have a weakness, but it's finding out what it is. What is the weakness that you have, Julia, that you would say that you need to work on? Through work? Yeah, or just in personal life. What is a weakness that you need to work on? I
3: need to work on. Um, I need to work out more. <laughs> <laughs> My new job, I I was looking at my steps. It's like 912 steps <laughs> on average per day. And I'm like, this is really bad. So I think that is what I'm going to focus on a lot this year. I keep like putting out my my stuff and saying, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. And then I get up and do work. And then I'm like done for the, You know, I'm just in the zone. So I would say that.
0: Isn't it bad when you look at your steps and you go, that's it? Like I know it's so like, pathetic. What? I'm like, oh but the weirdest God. thing is like... though what when, when, when I when I wake up in the middle of the night and I have I look and I have steps and I go, I've been in bed. Like I don't even know how I got steps. And it's always <laughs> flailing. like it's, I'm like
2: it's hey, from flailing. I
0: know, I don't know what it is. But how about right? how about you? How about you, Hope? What's something you need to work on, a weakness you need to work on?
1: Um, so I think knowing what your weaknesses are is really powerful and filling those weaknesses in with other people who have that as their strength. I do that all of the time. Um, I I do work on things under the wire. So I, I am also a procrastinator. I've been told when I get less overwhelmed, I might be able to tackle things in a more timely manner. Um, but I work really well under a wire and I I would love to be able to work more in advance.
0: Okay, how about you, Mitch?
2: Um, Well, one, I live in a three-story townhouse. Steps (laughs) is not an issue in my house, right? Um, I'd say overall, I've been in sales for 30 something years. I'm still not great picking up the phone and saying, hi, I'm Mitch Klein with so-and-so, here's what I do if i know you like now i i know joy and hope i can get on the phone and talk yeah. comfortably like we're all friends and be very confident relaxed and enjoy that experience but man that first initial cold call phone call i still have to get better at that it, other than that i'm good with my steps
0: it's it's funny about that <laughs> I, I i had an actor on my podcast cooper talk and he said call me to set it up and i would i had no problem talking to him for an hour once we set it up but i didn't want to call him i just wanted to do it by email i'm the same way i don't like to talk to people on the phone but i have no problem talking to you so obstacles let's talk about obstacles we all get obstacles in our our daily work life and stuff like that how do you overcome an obstacle because everyone does it differently how do you overcome obstacles hope you have an obstacle what do you do do you worry about it or how do you overcome it
1: I always worry about it, um, but then when I'm ready to tackle it, I try and look at what each of the pieces are and I try and tackle each piece at a time. And I uh, will never not ask for help. So I immediately go to my team or to a friend or to a colleague and say, okay, I'm dealing with this. What suggestions do you have, or can you make this phone call? Or..." I know you just wrote something like this. Would you mind sending me what you wrote so I could kind of get started from somewhere? Um, So I'm big on asking for help and looking, breaking it down into steps.
0: How about you, Julia? How do you overcome obstacles?
1: Yeah, I would say almost very similar. If it's a
3: big one, I'll go to my mentors. Um, But I will look at it and, and try to, visualize in my head the steps to fix it and then then i'll put the plan in place so i kind of like think then i write it on paper
0: okay how about you mitch how do you how do you overcome obstacles
2: um i think i do rely on people if there's if there's a situation where i need a second set of years a third set of years but generally i'll take any obstacle any problem Literally take a step back, take a breath and say, OK, what do we need to do to get this thing handled? Or how do I overcome this? And honestly, it, it's still like Julia said, there's a, a certain amount of confidence. Um, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, um, so I'll bring someone involved. But really, I'll just look at it and break it down. Uh, I'll worry 24-7. I'm a worrier. Um, but I think it's about just taking your time, thinking about it. Trying to solve the problem, taking everything that you need, every resource to help overcome that obstacle.
0: Okay. So you overcome obstacles. Now you've all have good jobs. You all do well. You know, as I said, you're you're, you're secure and you're confident in what you do in your professional life. What is one moment? That you're really proud of like is you know it, it, there's got to be like a moment that shines i mean we can all say we did this we did this we did this and it's hard to pick sometimes when we do a lot of stuff but what's a moment that you are so proud of you're like holy shit, holy crap i i did this we'll start with you julia what's a moment you're really proud of in your professional life yeah so uh
3: we tackled um an enrollment in 400 locations we did it in two weeks and we were able to help every single employee in the company, which is over 4,600 enroll in all of their benefits in time. And we wrote, I think it was about 800,000 in premium, which is a lot of premium. So it was a very big deal. It went off with pretty much no issues. Like I couldn't believe it. It's a lot of moving parts. I had to train a hundred enrollers, I had to make sure multiple languages, brochures, different classes of employees. It was a lot of work, but it was one of my favorite accounts
0: I've ever worked on. Did you pat yourself on the back after, or did you did you put on oh, social media? We got media, champagne. party. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what's good when you make. That's what the thing we is celebrated. People, you know, and that's that's such a big accomplishment, and and it's it's funny how you see like some people will just be. I always say it's it's not bragging if it's true. Like that's that's the kind of shit you can say. Hey man, I just kicked ass. It's not like, you know, you yeah. sat there. Uh, that's awesome. How about how about you, Hope? You were shaking your head. So Hope has something big. She has something big up her sleeve. Cause I know she works with the big stars at the at the Bucks County Playhouse and stuff like that. But tell me something in your career that you are really, really proud of.
1: Well, I have a I have a couple, um, but I think I'm going to do, I was working with Poets Walk, which is an all-memory care assisted living, and I was working with, I work with a bunch of them, and, and this one happened to be in Henderson, Nevada, which is basically Las Vegas, and they told me about this storytelling um, event, not event, program that they have, where the, um, I program director, I can't come up with the word program today, we uh, will read them a story. And at first they were reading children's stories just to make it a little bit easier for them to hear it and concentrate. And the, the memory care patients that were a little bit more with it said, we're not children. Why are you reading us Curious stories? Like, we don't wanna hear this, come on now. So they decided to read them books, chapters, From their life. So 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Huckleberry Finn, they were reading books like that, and they would read a chapter a day. And they started finding that the residents were perked up a little bit. You know, their eyes were open more than they had been. They were remembering the next day where they left off in the story. And so they were finding these remarkable results from it. So I started pitching it. And I I spoke to a CBS news director out in Las Vegas, and he was like, you know what, call me next week about it. And then he was like, you know, I don't know, send me some information about it. And I, I didn't think I was going to get it. And he called me two weeks after I started pitching him. And again, I know how to build a relationship with the press. I'm very respectful of their time. I'm not overwhelming him. And he calls me and I, he says, I think we're going to do it for the weekend show. So we set it up. They come out. They they do a piece on this story time. And it wound up getting picked up and ran 99 times across the country. Amazing. Not just in Las Vegas. Amazing. It was very cool.
0: That, that is, is awesome.
3: so rad. You
0: should be very proud of that. How about you, Mitch? What's something that you're
2: uh, you're really proud of in, in your career? Um, I do have a bunch, but we'll stick with one. I'd say when I was a sales rep for CBS in New York City, I was working with the Philadelphia uh, station and a big uh, buy came up for Chrysler, Dodge, Plymouth. I don't remember in the old days. And I guess Jeep was part of that mix and it was handled locally, but they said, look, the local rep really is not good at this. They want me to handle it. I already had a relationship with the media buyer, wound up just knocking it out of the park on an annual. And it was important because it was also like taking little baby steps, taking the little pieces to build proposals and covering my bases. And it was really successful. And it really, not about the money or or the share of business, but it really kind of upped my game a little bit and had the right people really, Say, wow, that was really good, excellent job. And then when a the job opened up a few years later, maybe a year and a half later, at the CBS station, I pitched the job and I got a promotion, moved, technically moved down to Philadelphia. And just that one piece of business, just knocking it out of the park and putting 110% effort behind it and just dot and I's, crossing T's, really got me to where I am today. So that was one of the biggest things. And then since then, you know, I sold $150 Super Bowl spots. But I also get very excited working with a $500 a month client because I know it can help their business. So it's kind of a weird, the way the successes went, but that one piece of business in, in New York got me down to Philadelphia.
0: Now, Mitch, we're going to stay with you, you mentioned success. Okay. And we're all in different parts in our life. What, what, what is the definition of success to you now
2: where you are in life what is success to you well i think unfortunately due to a change of careers uh i'm still now trying to find that success again but true success is when my kids do great in their jobs and they get accolades and i congratulate them and they turn to me and say, dad we learned it from you i don't think you can get any more successful than having your kids say dad We, we got our work ethic from you to me. That's success right there. I hope I can live a comfortable life financially. Uh, I hope my profession keeps taking off and gets better and better every day, but have my kids support me with that kind of language is just, that's, that's true, true success.
0: How about you, Julia? What's the what's success to you at this point in your life?
3: I would say for me, it's definitely more about roles. So like, you know, I'm an executive position, I wanted to keep going higher. So I'm kind of just like, for me, success would be being a VP next being something else like that's kind of where I see myself, I want to expand and grow with my knowledge and like, provide something to a company that will take it. So for me, growing upwards in a ladder is is what I I really define as success for me. Um, And also building out. So like every agent that I bring on my team, if they are successful, I feel successful. So if I'm able to teach someone what I've been able to do, single mom, perhaps, or someone who's just out of college or someone in retirement, all these people I'm training right now, if i can teach them to make money then i feel really
1: successful
0: okay how about you hope what's what's success to you
1: i'm not sure i even know right now success changes um so for me success is like the story i just told doing really well for a client it doesn't have to hit 99 times it has to um the client has to be happy so for me that's success um Building a solid relationship and knowing that if a reporter has something, I'm someone they will reach out to. There's a reporter actually at CBS who knows if they need a story in South Jersey, they can call FHPR and we'll connect them with any lead, regardless of whether it's one of our clients. Um, so those are all successes for me right now. Okay. The successes change. It
0: it does, you know. It's funny how like my me in my twenties was different than me now. You know, I'm just happy to be alive. Uh, no. um, I'm joking. I'm that's, uh, so okay. I met you all through networking. I know I met I met Mitch actually at Canals uh, Liquor. He said, "Hey, you're Coop. I've seen you on LinkedIn." And I met Julia at a Bankroll uh, Chris Giddings' event, and then. You were at the bar after I was talking to you because they yep. had a Bruce Springsteen beer called Kitty's Back. I was with John Pinsky, <laughs> and hope I met you through the chamber. Okay, and yes. I remember that's yet. Yeah. So I've met all you through networking, and that's what I love. I love you know during the pandemic we met people, but then when we started getting out. We met poor people, and and we have such big networking. Everyone has a big umbrella now. Give me a pro and a con of networking because you know I I to there you know I I hate. And and be honest, because we all hate that asshole who's giving you the card. You know, and you're like, dude, just leave me alone. Or just you hate the person who just doesn't give a shit about what you're saying. You're like, well, you know, I, I... I just lost my mom. Yeah, but you want to buy a telephone. You know, I, I, you don't hate that big person. But uh, we're going we're gonna to start with you, Julia, because you're shaking your head like you know, and she's like, I don't know what to say. But give me a, first a pro, because I love uh. meeting people. Give me a pro, and then give me a con, and be honest. Because people who listen to this might be able to learn, and all of a sudden they might go, holy shit, I'm that asshole they're talking about. But give me a, <laughs> give, give me a pro and a con about networking.
3: Well, I think a pro is always... Like, you know, for example, I've met Hope before, so I was really excited to see her. So for me, it's like sometimes you have those connections where you're just like, oh, my God, I love that person or that person's energy is amazing or whatever. And then you have these friends that kind of can continue and continue. Um, One of the downfalls, I think, is like for me, sometimes I become friends with everybody and then I don't want to ask for anything. So I don't really know how to ask my networking partners for business. I actually get a lot of my business from just like other avenues and I just find myself just kind of networking because I kind of feel like, well, they're my friend now, you know, like, but so that's something that I would say for
0: me. That's that, you know, I haven't heard that answer. That's very, on, that's very honest. And, you know, you should, you shouldn't. You should just ask them because I know I that's so weird. Him. My mom always it's said, so just crazy. ask. I know you feel weird asking your friend. It's like if you want to ask a friend, you I know, do. for a ride <laughs> to the airport, you know, like, hey, can you no no, I'm not giving. to but you should, because they like you already you have their friends, but that's, that's a very good point. I've, I've been doing this show. I've had this show for a while. I have not mm-hmm. heard where someone said they're afraid to ask, but I guarantee you if you do, mm-hmm. people will go, oh yeah, sure, sure. Or they'll help you out because you're yeah. a nice person. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Hope? What's your pros and cons of networking?
1: um tell me what you do tell me why you're different don't expect me to buy your product today um you know in-person networking is a little easier for me because i really enjoy people so like i met julia at the end of a night and i was like wired i was just having a good time i was uh, i was i was a little miss chatty kathy and when i met her i was like standing with a friend So I'm sure I said things you would never say to someone you met 30 seconds ago. I love that. I cannot stand when someone connects with me on LinkedIn. And if you reach out to me, I'll connect to you. And the very first message, they're they're literally selling me. It's literally, Mm -hmm. here's why you need to buy my product. You know, here's why I'm the best financial planner. Here's why. And it's like, you don't know what I need. You, you have no you know nothing about me. And that drives me crazy. For me, I like the personal part of networking. But everything you? I do, I bring people down to the personal level.
2: See, that's good. How about you, Mitch? Uh, Well, meeting you was a pro. So obviously, uh, not to kiss the host spot, but. but meeting oh, kiss you it, was, kiss uh, it.
0: All you want, <laughs> compliment me. Give it, bring it, bring it. Steve, you're great. Oh, Steve,
2: feed me grapes and fan me. I'm fine with that. Uh okay, I'll kiss your butts more. But really, meeting you canals that one day and just say, Steve, that opened up a world for me. So that's a huge pro, obviously a huge pro. And look, the negative is, uh, getting someone in in a either virtual breakout room that won't shut up, or in person, someone that just dismisses me as whatever. I always feel like, really? Like, let's have a conversation. Maybe we can make a friendship out of this. But no, they, they're like, oh yeah. Ah. I'm like, what the hell? And by the way, I hate people that are tools, right? I don't want to meet any tool <laughs> in, in, any, in any networking. I'm like, oh God, mm-hmm. this guy's so full of himself. And
3: you can smell I, him a mile away. <laughs> it,
2: exactly.
3: You can see him coming down. You know, I,
0: I honestly think though, during the pandemic, when we were doing Zoom networking, I think that weeded a lot of the tools out because the tools would go into a breakout room and they had nothing to say. And people would say, oh, well, it's more than an expensive suit or your little posse hanging around. You don't know anything. And I think that's a good thing. Now, this next question, and, and Hope, you, you jumped the gun on this, but it's all right. And I gotta, I, I always preface it by I like LinkedIn. Okay, I sent you a message, Julia, to be on the show here. I get people through LinkedIn. I like it. But there are certain things, and my blood pressure, I always check my Fitbit. We're talking about Fitbit. My heart goes up during this point. There are certain things that I just (laughs) piss me off. And and the one today is on a verbiage, wordage. You know, people sit there, like, award-winning. People are always putting award winning. And I always think, well, you know, in the in the time of a participation trophy, being award-winning isn't a big thing. Like I want I want a spelling bee in third grade. I'm not gonna say I'm award-winning. That bothers me. And then I saw a post the other day. It's just how people word stuff. Someone said, Oh, it was such a privilege to be a sponsor. No, The sp- people you sponsored, they're privileged. They want your money. I mean, people don't get it. It's not a privilege to give them money. I mean, if like a Christian coalition, if if Delilah's Den said, here's $5,000, they'd have them as a sponsor because no one cares. But I'm like, don't sit there. Don't inflate things. You know, don't sit there and be like, oh, it was such a wonderful, was it a wonderful event? You know, I met Keanu Reeves the other night. I didn't put, oh, it was wonderful. I said, yeah, I was hanging back with him backstage because I knew the drummer from his band. I was like, oh, it was so wonderful to meet Keanu Reeves. I turned it into a networking story. So that, that's what today pisses me off when I go through LinkedIn and I just see the bullshit. And it's like, just be honest. And just like say, hey, you know what? <laughs> Work sucks right now. I am not getting business. And you know what? People will help you. But when they read it, you know, but Hope, you already said the, the message, which a lot of people, what's something else that bothers you about LinkedIn? And, and, and if, you, if nothing bothers you, that's fine. And I said, I love it. But like anything, you know, there's things that piss me off about my wife and I love her to death but that's just life. So tell me something that bothers you about LinkedIn.
1: I mean, really for me, it's people who have absolutely no idea what I do for a living trying to sell me business. And I'm one of those people. I don't like to be rude. So I respond to every email. Um, I don't need your services means I don't need your services.
0: Okay. How about you, Julia?
3: I mean, I don't care. I I think it's just kind of, I call it work Facebook. Mine's kind of fun. I don't know. I follow all these groups. I I don't mind my LinkedIn. Like, I don't care if people post all that stuff. I kind of giggle. I laugh. I take things I like. I look for inspiration. I feel like when people hit me up, it's always a bot. And I know that. So, like, I'm just like, whatever. You know what I mean? Kind of a thing. But uh, for me, I have positive experience on it. I don't ever have a, you know negative thing. I mean, I'm the one usually selling people. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, like people are going to be like, Oh, we don't want to talk to her.
0: (laughs) I I like it. But I said, there's certain things that piss me off. I think it's just the skeptic in me. How about you, Mitch? What, what bothers you about, uh, about LinkedIn?
2: Well, I think the only thing that bugs me is, and thank God most of the political posts and that, uh, some of that kind of personal posts aren't there anymore. Um, But I think um, as a seasoned, uh, which means I'm old, a salesperson, I always try and respect salespeople. So I respond to everyone. But when someone Mm -hmm. once again through LinkedIn um, connects with me and immediately asks to sell me uh, Amazon Web Services or some technology, I have no clue what they're saying, what they mean, clearly they didn't realize I'm a sales guy And really not connected to anything like that. And when people try and sell me something that has zero relevance to what I do, let alone I can't understand them, that is a waste of time. I will still politely respond, but I'll be maybe a little shorter and a little, you know, pissy and say, hey, based on my background, you can see I don't cover that kind of technology. Sorry, I can't help
0: that's just stupid that's good now the argument about personally you personally what's a quality you guys have that people don't know about like when I when I moved back into business I never told anyone I used to be a stand-up comedian okay and then I was booked on a benefit and I and I I did this show and everyone from the Chamber of Commerce was there because Dave Evans had set it up and he was involved in the chamber and everyone's like oh my god you're so funny you come to these events you know you're very professional I go yeah cuz I'm going to the event for yeah. the company I was with. I'm not going for me. People didn't know I had a podcast. They didn't know I interviewed Steven Van Zandt and Ed Asner, and I've done close to a thousand celebrity interviews. I never pushed that because it wasn't my business. But that's a quality that through the time I let come out because then I performed them. I do a show. I did City Winery. A bunch of people came out. So that's a quality people don't really know about me. What's a quality, Hope, what's a quality about you that people don't know about you? Not like, you don't have to be a but or something that or it's like you're just a wonderful listener, or what's a quality that you want people to know about you?
1: Um, I don't know the answer to that because I tend to be an open book. I tend to just tell you anything when I meet you. Um, I would say that I would like people to know that I am lighthearted, but I can take the job seriously. So when you work with me, You are gonna enjoy yourself. I'm gonna tell you the truth on whether or not I'm the right person for you or not. And I am then going to connect you to someone who is. um, And I wanna have fun when I'm working. So if you don't wanna laugh, I don't really know what to do with you. (laughs) Okay.
0: How about you, Mitch? (laughs) What's something you want people, a quality you want people to know about you
2: that they may not? I I sort of like uh, Hope's answer a lot, but. People have learned uh, that I'm a craft beer guy, and I'm very passionate about it, and I will talk forever. What I've learned in all like the networking I'm doing, that I'm good telling someone that I work one day a week at a liquor store. Not for the money, although I do get paid, but I just love connecting face-to-face with people and talking about my passion, beer. I get excited about it. I've got customers that come in week after week or once a month to see me and talk about a year, to me, that's fun. I'd rather do that than walk, you know, 18 holes of golf. So uh, I'm not quite an open book, but I'm not embarrassed on professional networking groups to say, yeah, I work in a liquor store one day a week. It's fun. And most people will say, Oh man, I really wish I could find something to do like that one day a week. So do people know that about me? A lot of people do. In some cases, maybe they don't, I don't tell them, but other than that, I try to add humor to everything so I can laugh with the client and get them to really enjoy working with me for my fine sense of humor.
0: And good to you. I, I, I found out the beer juice bomb, which I enjoy juice bomb. It's very good and it's strong, but it doesn't taste it. It tastes like orange juice. things. Like, if I drank in the morning, I could drink that in the morning. Like if I said something to drink in the morning, I'll give you that. Uh, how about you, Julia? What's something that, you know, a quality that people don't know about you that, or that you would like them to know.
3: Um, I would say I'm incredibly sentimental. Um, most things in my home aren't worth money. Um, I make my gifts for all my kids. So like, you know, I'm just really, really, really into sentimental things that someone could mean something to them. So I don't always tell everybody, but I try to show if I can, you know, that kind of side of me because it's just, I grew up really, um, religious. So I, I'm very conservative. I'm covered in tattoos. I play bass, I play stoner metal rock, you know, you wouldn't think it, but I grew up real religious and real like basic things, homeschooled here and there and stuff like that. So, you know, I think the fact that I'm just really loving and sentimental and like care about people and what they think.
0: And I did not know you would play bass. And I always, I always correlate yeah, a, bass. a bassist and the drummer in a band or like the shortstop at a second baseman in a, in a team. It's, it's the backbone. I mean, that's why I always thought Charlie Watts from oh. the Bill Wyman. That's cool. I didn't know that. Well, here's, here's a segment I, I started a few weeks ago and uh, I did it just, I wanted to find out. And, and it's very, became very interesting to me. And it's, it's about books. Now, As I say, I don't read business books. Okay. Now some people do, some people are addicted to them some people will say i read 20 bucks i would go into breakout rooms and they'd be like i'm reading this book i'm reading this book and i'd be like yeah i was reading uh frank sinatra's life story i i don't i that's what i read and i don't read them i've read malcolm gladwell at tipping point that's it but if you're a business book reader or a book what's a book that has made a difference to you it, it, it can be professional just made a book it could be in the past it could be Recently, we'll start with you, Hope. I don't know if you're a business book reader, but is there a certain book that has made a difference for you? And it could be, you know, if you say Jaws, that's fine. But is there, why would Jaws make a difference? No one's a shark, but was, is there a book that has made a difference for you?
1: So I can't get through business books. I I get like one page in and I fall asleep. Like I cannot read them. Um, But I do love to get into a good story um, the one that's coming up for me right now is, uh, at my cousin actually wrote it, um, and I read it a few years ago. Um, it's called Shelter Us, and it's about a woman in a midlife crisis meets a homeless mother pushing her daughter around in a stroller and, in L.A., because my cousin's from L.A., um, and so it's the relationship they build, and I just remember it was midnight one night. And I had to force myself to stop reading because I, I knew I'd stay up till two to finish the book. Um, and I got so involved in what was happening and so upset with what the main character had just done. And my cousin's name is Laura. And I literally sat up in bed and went, what, Laura, how could you do that? <laughs> Did you call her? <laughs> um I actually could have because she's in LA. That's three hours earlier. Instead I waited until the next day to tell her and she just left.
2: How about you, Mitch? Any, any books? Um, I haven't gotten into any business books. I, I'd say the closest I came was early in my career, the one minute manager, um, Tim Johnson, maybe wrote that. Uh, but in college I wrote, I read, um, How to Win Friends and Influence uh, People from Dale Carnegie. They were really life-changing books because it really taught me how to really talk to people and listen to people and not just say, hey, you suck, but hey, good try, and here's you can do this, maybe this method later. So kind of being a little less obvious about uh, how you treat people. Other than that, I like uh, Harlan Coben books. Love that guy. He's a New Jersey-based writer. I'll read all of his stuff. Um, So that's the mystery side of me, the thrill side. But the business side, I really don't read books. I try to learn from people. I try and get nuggets from every conversation. I've got a bunch from this one today. To me, that's like reading, except someone's verbalizing it. I'm writing it down and can run with that later. But business books, not my thing.
0: How about you, Julia? Are you gonna Are you gonna keep Are you gonna break the pattern, or are you a business book person?
3: Okay, so for me, I actually only have ever really read stuff industry specific. So like everything I do outside of work is fun. So like sci fi, horror books, I'm into all that. But for work, I have only read the same book, which is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mitch, it's by my night table. I read it every night i even have a digital copy in my phone
1: and i'm buying
3: it for all my team so like i really believe that that book is life-changing if you want to develop any kind of long-standing good relationships so i live and die by that like i call it my business bible
0: (laughs) okay well that's good we got a business bible we gotta see that book in common now here's the final question and, and i always ask this if you if, if you met someone, as my mom would say, who was bright eyed and bushy tailed, you know, they could be they could be getting out of college. They could be c- getting out of high school. They could be getting out of trade school. They could be starting a new career. And they came to you and they asked you for advice. They said, you know, hey, what? Give me give me some insight, man. You know, how do I figure this shit out? You know, how do I how do this is new for me? What's what's the advice you'd give them hope if someone came out to you and I, and you have daughters so eventually you'll probably have that conversation when they get out in the real world what what's advice that you would give to someone who's just eager they're eager and they're starting something
1: so um, I give a I give a couple things of advice so um, basically you have to put your all into it and you have to um, not be embarrassed to speak up and be respectful of other people and expect them to be respectful of you. Um, But I tend to give women advice. Um, You know, we, we will at one point in our work lives be screwed. So if we choose to have children, whether we're married, whether, you know, whatever our relationship looks like, whether we're doing it on our own, whatever, I don't really care. Um, But I'm so, I'm so affected by, I believe it was the woman who runs um, what's the name of that blog that starts with an H that's like the biggest thing right now, all I can think is HubSpot and that's not right. Um, She had a child and went out on maternity leave and had a major problem coming back to the company and she was the CEO. So what I tell women is you need to do what works for you. You know whether you're if you're putting your life off in order to advance your career whatever you run into when you decide to have children or get married or whatever choice you're making it doesn't matter where in your career you are as a woman you will be affected by it professionally So be true to who you are. Do what's right for you in your life. We are working in order to enjoy our lives. You still have to work hard. You still have to treat everybody with respect. You still have to put your all into everything that you do. Show up, but don't forget about you and your needs.
0: Okay. How how about you, Julia? I
3: would say for me, it's a couple things. Um, Definitely one of the things is... um, You know, if you fall in a hole, you just get back up. I say failing is just falling and staying down. Falling and getting up is not failing. It's thinking outside the box, trying again. I I, I say, be like Rocky, be like me, be like Rockette. Like, don't give up. Also, if you're accurate and consistent and responsive, people will buy from you. That's it. People will from you and they want consistent i say it doesn't matter if you smell or look weird people will buy from you if you are accurate if you are on time if you are responsive so like those are probably my key ones
2: okay how about you mitch uh boy such good <laughs> answers i always say in life where you can choose two things be a jerk or, or be kind tell someone be kind uh give a shit about people. Don't look at them just as a a sales target, learn about them, care about them, invest yourself in who they are. Um, Be genuine. Don't be a tool. (laughs) Um, Whatever you do in life. I said to my kids when they're young, listen, if you want to be a sanitation worker, be the best at it. Whatever you do, just strive to be the best at things and really care at the end of the day about, did you give it your best? Um, Do you take pride in your work? Always care, always take pride, just be the best you can. And then, you know, like everyone says, you know, be on time, uh, be courteous, be respectful. It's just really the simple thing is just be a good human. And I think uh, everything will fall in place.
0: Well, that's awesome. You know, I want to thank you guys for all coming on today. Uh, hope, how can people get in touch with you if they need your PR work?
1: Uh, they can find me. Uh, our website is www, which is always awkward to say. Uh, FH Public Relations spelled out. It's nice and long. So F is in Frank, H is in happy, publicrelations.com. My email is the same, Hope at com. How about you,
0: Julia? How can I get in touch with you?
3: Yeah, so um, they can call my cell um, just for ease of use at the moment or hit me up on LinkedIn under Julia George with Combined, a Chub company. My cell is 267-760-3765. I've never changed it my whole career, so.
2: How about you, Mitch? Uh, Saturdays, nine to two, stop in canals, buy some beer.
3: Hold on one second.
2: Uh, that's a wait, great wait, way Wait, which to- canals? Uh, by Burns Honda on 73 okay. Uh I'll be there this weekend. Um, okay. But really, Mitch.Klein at Jamloop.com I'm always available. Uh, my, my email comes to my phone. My wife gets mad at me. Stop looking at your phone. It's six o'clock. I'm still doing business. Um, that's an easy way to get to me. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I look like this on LinkedIn. Right. It's a fairly new recent picture. That's it.
0: All right. Uh, that's great. So people, you can get in touch with me. Uh, email me at the coop tank at yahoo.com. Uh, if you want to advertise on the show, reach out to me because, you know, the people who watch the show and the people who run the show are, are leaders in the business world. So if you want to get your, your, your message out to them, what do you want to hear me say how great your company is? So do that. You can reach me at the coop tank at yahoo.com. Check out my uh, other podcast, Cooper talk, go to coopertalk.net. I'm, I'm coming up to 1,000 episodes. I just had a three-hour conversation with the wonderful Eric, uh, not Eric, uh, Stephen Bauer from Scarface and Ray Donovan. It's in two parts. Part two will be uh, posted today. Also, don't forget about Sweet Recording. Go to the website, suiterecording.com. Joe Ganjemi's great. He produces his show. This is why I do the show here, because he does such a great job. So that's about it. You know, this is the last show of 2023. So happy 2024, and I'll talk to you happy in the new, new year. year.
3: Thank you, guys. Bye.